Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume one based on the 39 books of the Old Testament is now available, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume One Old Testament is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Talk about some of the challenges you faced as you put this project together, and why is this two-volume book such a great resource for anyone listening right now? Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of his creation. Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org and order volume one of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And if you'd like to mail your check, our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Well, if you're a believer in Christ, you've been given a sound mind. Satan knows this, but that doesn't stop him from attacking our minds anyway. Today on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones introduces us to a critical piece of battle gear, one designed to protect our minds from the onslaught of enemy attacks. Stay with us, but remember, you can always listen to Something Good on your schedule. Our audio is available on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. From Ephesians 6, here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, putting on the helmet of salvation. Well, most uh, sports that I know of today or uh, sporting activities that you can participate in uh, whether you're a professional athlete or you know, just a kind of a weekend athlete, require a helmet. And uh, the most obvious one is football. I played a little football in high school, and uh, I learned early on how important the helmet is. The last thing you want to do is to head out onto the field without your helmet. But even then, um, football is a contact sport. 
And um, I, I remember a couple of times getting my bell rung so well that I couldn't call the play in the huddle and my teammates called a timeout and I kind of went, bleep, 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 you know, and I got a concussion. There's a lot of concussion discussion today in football, and rightly so. I know what some of you are thinking, Jones, now I know, it explains everything about you, and it really does. But having said that, uh, it is a very serious thing, concussions, and uh, the NFL all the way down to the peewee leagues are, are, are being very careful about all that. Uh, but other activities require a helmet too, uh, riding a motorcycle or uh, a bicycle. I have two feelings when I pass somebody on the road who's on that you know, beautiful Harley-Davidson. One is jealousy. <laughs> I'd love to just ride into the wind on a Harley. Uh, the other is, if they're not wearing a helmet, what are you thinking about, you know? And I know some states have helmet laws and others don't, but, you know, that's an important piece of equipment if you're riding a motorcycle, even riding a bike, right? Well, in the Christian life and in spiritual warfare, which we've been talking about the last uh, several days and weeks, something called the helmet of salvation is equally important to the believer in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul brings us to our attention in his letter to the Ephesians when he, he writes this, put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor, right? Don't forget a single piece of it. Every piece of the armor is vitally important as you step into spiritual battle. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And then in verse 17, he says, and take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Now, the Bible mentions the helmet of salvation in two other places besides Ephesians chapter 6. Once in the Old Testament in relation to God himself and a second time in one of Paul's letters to the Thessalonians. Let's start in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 17. It says of God, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. And then uh, this whole armor of God thing must have been on Paul's mind as he writes several of his New Testament letters because, again, in his letter to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5 and verse 8, he says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation." So once again, Paul is using a physical object to illustrate a spiritual reality. Uh, the helmet of salvation is meant to protect our minds. Now, the picture that Paul has in his mind is not of a football player or somebody riding a motorcycle or a bicycle. He has in mind, of course, an ancient Roman soldier who, when he went into battle, you know, girded up his loins with the belt and uh, had, had a metal breastplate and uh, had his shield with him, but he also had a helmet, uh, a metal or iron helmet that he wore because it's important to protect your head. <laughs> you, you, you get hit in the head in battle, and that's the quickest way to take somebody out, right? And so th this is the picture that Paul has in mind, but he's taking that, that physical reality of this ancient Roman soldier, and he's applying it to the spiritual reality that we all face in well, as he said, the heavenly realms, that invisible war that is happening uh, in the heavenly realms. The helmet of salvation is meant to protect our minds. 
I'm reminded of what the United Negro College Fund has said for years, the mind is a terrible thing to waste, and it is. It's a very true statement. But it's also a dangerous thing to leave your mind exposed to the devil's attacks and to his tactics and to uh, the devil's thinking. The devil attacks our mind because he knows the truth of Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 5, which says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if he can take captive your thoughts, starting with the first thoughts of your day, if he can take those captive, well, he can begin to shape even your destiny. Zig Ziglar was a motivational speaker, and he was famous for telling us to get a regular checkup from the neck up and get rid of all that stinking thinking. You know, that's, that's good, good advice for us from a motivational speaker. But he, he understood something that I think even uh, the Bible would affirm, and that is when we sow a thought, we reap an action. When we sow an action, we reap a habit. When we sow a habit, we reap a character. And when we sow a character, we reap a destiny. So the devil wants to take captive every thought we have, not to the obedience of Christ, but to the obedience of himself, because he knows if he can get those thoughts if he can get us thinking a certain way, then he might even you know, impact and affect uh, the very destiny of our lives. So consider today's message about the helmet of salvation, a spiritual checkup from the neck up, all right? We're gonna get rid of some stinking thinking and uh, make sure that we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Because the Bible has a lot to say about the mind. For example, Jesus said the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Say it with me. And with all of your mind. Yeah, with your mind. Some people call themselves Christians and then pride themselves on their ignorance. However, as Christians, we must know what we believe and why we believe it. A mindless faith won't do it. A mindless faith leaves a person vulnerable to the devil's attacks. And a mindless faith will never be able to answer the skeptic's questions about what we believe and why we believe it. And as Christians, we cannot afford to be intellectually lazy about our faith. Having said that, Christianity is much more than an intellectual pursuit. It's much more than that, but it's not any less than that. And so uh, God expects us to use the minds that he's given us, and we have to protect it. You have to protect the mind. That's, that's part of what it means to take up or to put on the helmet of salvation, to protect our minds against the mental assaults of the devil and uh, his tactics against us. Now, any old helmet won't do. Suppose a football player comes to the stadium and he has a, a cycling helmet, not a football helmet. I mean, he'd be ill-prepared to go into the game <laughs> with a cycling helmet. Likewise, uh, the Apostle Paul calls this the helmet of salvation. Any old helmet won't do. He says, put on and take up the helmet of salvation because the devil will play mind games, friends, with our understanding of one of the basic truths of Scripture as it relates to salvation. That's kind of a churchy term, isn't it? And the idea of, you know, have you been saved do you have salvation? 
It may sound churchy and it may sound a little bit of out of step with our modern, you know, hipster culture and all that, but it's good biblical theology. What does salvation refer to? Salvation refers to the activity of God in rescuing us and saving us from at least three things, the penalty of sin, the power of sin over us, and one day from the very presence of sin as he takes us home to a place called heaven. So salvation is very, very important. It is, it is fundamental and basic to our understanding of the work of God in our lives. The devil, though, wants to play mind games with us as it relates to our understanding of salvation. And I want to talk about uh, some of those mind games uh, to bring an awareness to us of the mind games that he uses. And in the process, get rid of some of this stinking thinking. All right? A little checkup from the neck up as it relates to uh, matters of salvation. Hang on for the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, the pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org and share your request, and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option right at the top of the homepage and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. While you're there, visit the Something Good Digital Library. That's where you'll find more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Contrary to popular opinion, the mainstream media did not create fake news. That dishonor belongs to Satan himself, the father of fakeness and of falsehood. Here's Ron with the rest of today's message, putting on the helmet of salvation. Here's one of the mind games the devil plays with us. Are you ready for this? He'll tell you, you don't need salvation. You don't need to be saved and rescued because the devil wants us to believe we are basically good people who occasionally do bad things. And who would need to be saved or rescued by Jesus? You're a good person. You might do some bad things uh, once in a while. He also wants us to believe we are not ultimately accountable to a holy God. The devil would like to play that mind game with us. We can live any way we please without consequences, but those are both false assumptions upon which to build our lives. It's the devil's fake news, all right? And uh, it's the mind game that he plays with us. The Bible offers a much different diagnosis of our human nature and our human condition. Uh, starting with the idea that, um, that we are corrupt to the core. We're not good people who happen to do some bad things. No, the Bible says this in 1 John uh, chapter 1 and verse 8, that if we, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If the devil gets us to believe we're just good people who happen to do some bad things, we're living a deceived life. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. A little bit earlier in that same chapter, the Bible says this, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Because from God's perspective, from his holy, purely righteous perspective, even our best intentions, 
In our good days, when we're trying to do good things, it's tainted somehow, corrupted just somehow by our sin nature. It's like ordering a computer, a brand new computer, and it arrives on your front doorstep, but the operating system is corrupted just that much, and it affects everything in the operating system. That's what sin has done to the human nature. We were born into sin. And all of that adds up to a hard diagnosis for some people to accept. It's like hearing the word cancer from the doctor. Nobody wants to hear that. You want to hear, no, you're just fine. You know, well, all you need is a, you know, a little bit of therapy and you'll be just fine. Oh, what a lie. What a mind game the uh, doctor might play with us. It actually gets worse in the Bible. The Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and sins, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Uh, apart from Jesus Christ, the diagnosis is not that we're a little sick and in need of some therapy or some self-help medication. You know, we're good people, do some bad things once in a while. No, apart from Christ, we're dead. There's no life in us. That part of us that was created to have a relationship with God is dead. And we don't like to talk about death. But it's possible, the devil will never tell you this, but it's possible to be physically alive and spiritually dead at the same time. That's how we're born into this world. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. The devil will never tell, tell you that. He'll play mind games with you. And say, so you don't need salvation. You don't need to be saved and rescued. No, the Bible says you're dead. And somebody must bring you to life, spiritual life. And that somebody is Jesus Christ. That's just one mind game. Here's a second one. You can save yourself. If the devil can't convince you you don't need salvation, he'll try to convince you you can do it all on your own. This mind game appeals to the person with a strong, independent spirit who says, you know, I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. Kind of reminds me of a, a, a famous poem or treatise written by William Ernest Henley titled Invictus. And the last uh, stanza in that poem says, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Henley thought that was the, the case. And maybe the devil had convinced him and he convinced you, playing a little mind game, that you are the captain of your own soul. You can save yourself. But here's what Jesus said to um, a rich fool, he called him, in Luke chapter 12. He says, this night your soul is required of you. In other words, you're going to die and you're going to stand before a holy God. You're not the captain of your soul. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Uh, the man Jesus called a fool was a powerful man of industry. Everybody would have looked at him and said, oh, you know, he's a self-made man, the captain of his own soul. He died that night and had a rude awakening because he had bought into the lies and the mind games of the devil. Jesus also warned, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so here's how the helmet of salvation 
helps us out. When we put on the helmet of salvation, it says this in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. Some great words about salvation. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, the devil plays mind games with us, and he wants us to believe you can save yourself. Thirdly, another mind game that he plays, um, he'll tell us, you're not worthy of saving. You're not worthy of saving. Uh, you're, you're, you're just, you're, you're no good as a person. Maybe you've got this recording going around in your mind that uh, uh, leads you to a, a very poor sense of your self-worth. Maybe you need to sing the old children's song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Profound words, aren't they? Uh, do you know how much God loves you? Uh, there, there, there's value and esteem aimed toward us from the love of God. Most of us have a, a, a very small understanding, maybe even a childlike understanding of the love of God. But if you're going to put on your helmet of salvation and um, expose the, the fake news of the devil who says you're not worthy of saving, um, I think the Apostle Paul's prayer to the Ephesians, we're in Ephesians 6, go a little bit earlier into Ephesians chapter 3, he prays these words, that you being rooted and grounded in love may, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. The devil doesn't want you to know that. He'll play mind games with you. He'll tell you you're, you're, you're worthless. You're, you're not all that. He doesn't want you to experience the love of God in a little bit, you know, an inch deep, let alone at the depth and the length and the height and the breadth that the Apostle Paul talks about here. He wants you to think you're pond scum. He, he wants you to think that you're certainly not worth Jesus spilling his blood for you. you know, I actually think that Darwinian evolution is one of the ways the devil devalues our human dignity, and uh, he does this through a false theory of our origins. He plays mind games with us here. He tells us you're nothing but pond scum. You're nothing but a, an accident of the cosmos. And he has taken captive the thoughts of millions of people who have bought into this false theory of our origins. And what it produces in us is a, um, a, a self-understanding and self-esteem, self-worth, whatever you want to call it, that says, you know, if, if all I am is pond scum, if all I am is, a, is an accident of the cosmos, what value is my life anyway? And then furthermore, it ripples through our society and cheapens life at both ends. You, you, you have a, a mind game from the devil that, that, that tells us a false theory about our origins, and it leads to such things as abortion on demand on the front end of life and euthanasia at the other end of life. And life becomes cheap in a world like that. Satan will use lies to attack your mind. He'll tell you that you don't need salvation. If you get by that one, he'll tell you that you can save yourself. And if you can get by that one, 
He'll tell you that you're not worthy of salvation. Don't buy the lies, for God has chosen gladly to give you His kingdom. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Putting on the Helmet of Salvation. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, be sure to stop by somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. What I'm trying to say to you is you you don't need to get insecure or be destabilized in your relationship with the Lord. He's got you. He's got you in the grip of his grace. He's got you in the palm of your hand. The devil wants to play mind games with you and say, oh, no, 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 no. You lost your salvation today. If you didn't do anything to perform in a way to get it, you, you can't misperform or perform poorly or whatever, you know. The grammar is there uh, to lose it. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, putting on the helmet of salvation. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.